Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today's date is Wednesday, May 23rd, 2018, and today we're reading from the big book in the chapter, How It Works. On page 62, we're reading the second paragraph and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers are Sheil B. for the 12 Steps, Robin Joe B. for the 12 Traditions, Marie J. and Chrissy G. and Carolyn C. The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting for yesterday, Eastern Standard Time, May 22nd at 10 a.m. is 11444. That's 11,444. The reference meeting for this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting for May 23rd is 11446. That's 11,446. DOA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sheil B. to please read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, Sheil, please. Good morning. This is Sheil Blinn. Um, These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. I'll pass. Thank you very much, Sheil B., and I will now ask Robin Joe B. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you so much. This is Robin Joe B. from Missouri. Um, recovered by God's grace and for his glory, and here are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an Overeaters Anonymous group ought never endorse 
finance or lend DOA name to any related facility or outside interest. Less pro problems of money, property, or, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the, CA, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I thank you so much, Elaine B. I'll pass. Thank you, Robin Jilke. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 62, reading and commenting on one paragraph, the second paragraph. And I will ask Marie J. to please begin reading. Star one to unmute, please, Marie. Marie J. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Thank oh, you. Oh, so good. Much. Sorry about that. Okay. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. So I'm an extreme example of self-will run riot, and I especially don't usually think so. I've been working on this this week, um, on this idea that I don't think I'm in self-will because my motives are good, and I'm communicating better with my husband, and he says what he, he, he wants, what I want, and I think, I think that he wants what I want the way I want what I want. So it's still my way of still running the show because I'm better at communicating now, and they don't rage and demand. I'm kind. You know, I'm, I'm tolerant. I'm a very cooperative person now, but I still want what I want, and my disease is still going to get me to try to keep getting me to get my own way by being manipulative in a very kind way, you know, because I can be really charismatic. You know, I still get people to go along with me because I'm charismatic about my self-will now. So we just saw this on the previous page, too, where it said um, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind and considerate, even modest and self-sacrificing. But this is just another way of acting out in my disease because I live under this delusion that life can be controlled and that the outcomes of life rest in my hands. And as long as I operate in these conditions, 
My mind is in control and fear is in control, and I am not free. If I live in free, I'm o- in fear rather, I'm not free, and I'm always looking for a solution outside of myself. And when I take the first three steps as the solution every morning, you know, I say, dear God, I'm powerless over this disease of my mind. I have evidence every day that God can restore me, that you can restore my, my mind to sanity, and I choose today to surrender to your guidance, that I will be done always. That's my prayer. That's how I start my day. And throughout the day, I reinforce this connection by checking in with higher power. And when I become uncomfortable about anything in my life, in my day, that's the signal that I've taken my will back and that I'm in charge and that something's not going my way because I'm uncomfortable and I've taken back the reins. And somebody this week said something that really hit me. If I'm not wrong, there is no solution. And this tells me that always my thinking needs to be checked. The problem always lies inside of me. And working these first three steps gets me my foundation And if I'm in charge of my thinking, I'm in trouble. So when I surrender my life, especially my mind, my thoughts, my beliefs, then I become free. And I run into this trouble of self-will taking over every single day and trying to get in. Why? Because I'm a human and I'm imperfect. And I accept that with love and patience for myself. I want to run the show in other people's lives. It's cunning the way it creeps in. And I have to be rigorous and diligent and watch for it. And I get a clue that it's happening when I become uncomfortable. And then I have to stop. I have to pause. I have to look at how I'm trying to run the show. And I have to surrender. And this is why I work all the steps every day. So I will not mine be done always. I'm saying it constantly all day long because my ego wants to jump in and take charge. So thanks for hearing. I pass. Thank you very much, Marie J. So who would like to comment on page, on the second paragraph on page 62 today? Jen A. Jen A. Ginger C. Ginger C. Kathy Jo P. Kathy Jo P. Kristen R. Kristen R. Wendy M. Wendy M. One more. Sandy S. KB. Sandy S. and Sherry KB. Okay, let's start with that. Um, I've got uh, Jen A., Ginger C., Kathy Jo P., Christine R., Kristen R., Wendy M., Sandy S., and Sherry KB. Great lineup after a great share. Look forward to hearing from all of you. Let's start with Jen A., followed by Ginger C. Good morning. This is Jen A., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from Littleton, Colorado. Thank you so much, Marie, for opening it up like that. Absolutely beautiful and true. Um, When I first came came into these rooms, um, I didn't know what this whole self-will run riot was and the actor and the producer and the this and the that. I was like, what is this stuff? Um, All I knew was that, um, you know, I was getting upset. And I was uh, telling myself endless stories in my head. And I was good at justifying my actions and my behaviors to others. I was really, really good at um, making plans and looking to the future and deciding what I wanted to do and thinking that I could handle things on my own. Um, I was super, super great at rejecting others and their thoughts and their suggestions. Like, I know it all. I don't need to hear what you have to say. Um, As I have worked these steps and as a result of a spiritual awakening in these steps, God has shown me that I am a tornado. Um, When I I am violently rotating through life when I am in self-will, and um, those are the things that I was doing. And so um, for those of you who are new on the line or are just searching out this program, um, this is an awesome program because you get to actually work these steps And you do the work, and then God does the work inside of you and gets to transform transform your heart and your life. And so today, what does it look like for me? Well, God's will brings calmness into my life. Um, I am not plagued by the stories in my head, and I no longer need to justify my actions. So um, what am I doing? I'm focusing on the next right thing. I'm being open to others who want to help. Um, and I'm taking suggestions from others also. And that's what it's like for me um, today in program. 
Now, does this just happen like bibbidi-bobbidi-boo and everything's great? No, it's constantly staying in constant contact with God. So I just put down that violently rotating tornado type um, lifestyle and I take the arrow and I pick it up because it's straight and it's aligned with my higher power and it just, it gets me straight to God. So um, I'm just so grateful for this program of action and I'll just keep coming back and working my program. Thanks and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Jenna. Ginger C, you're up next, followed by Kathy Jo P. Hi, Elaine. Good morning. Your service. This is Ginger C, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Oh, I love this. Selfish, self-centered. That is the root of my problems. It's always about Ginger and Ginger's show and, of course, how it's not going my way and how I'm not happy. And don't you know you can be happy and make me okay? Again, I always talk about it. I'm either leaning out or leaning in. And and uh, this ego wants me to lean out all the time. It, it lies to me. You know, everything centers in my mind. I can't tell the truth from the false. And it feels real and it feels right. But this selfish, self-centered state, this place of fear or resentment or wanting things my way, again, have, you know, being the actor to direct you and, and tell you exactly what you should be doing or not should be doing, you know, it's exhausting. But what happens is life gets heavy going and life isn't working. And then I hate me. I hate you. I hate my world. I hate everything. And the pain is so unbearable. And of course, I know an effect. I know an effect that I can get to take me out of that pain. And that's to eat. So I must be rid of this selfishness or it will kill me. This disease wants me daily. And thank God, again, we only have this daily reprieve, these hours that we're awake to try to press in to the power that we lack because that's my problem. I lack power. And with power and staying close and connected, I can be protected from that bite that's desperate to get back in. So thank God for these directions. Again, what my problem is, is my mind that wants to convince me to do anything and everything but this work, this action. And I have to work it daily like my life depends on it because it absolutely does. And more importantly, for that person that's still suffering, if I'm not feeling God's love and this light's not shining through me, how can the person in the dark see? They're counting on our light. And there's no greater joy than to see someone's eyes start to sparkle because they start to feel hope and they start to see that there's a way out of this nightmare of this food addiction. So to go from this selfish, self-centered state, which I did not think was real or possible because I'm all about ginger 24-7. I'm not much, but I'm all I think about all the time. And then to start going into this other-centeredness because of these 12 steps, this work this inner rearrangement and reorganization, it's unbelievable. And there is no greater joy. And I'm so grateful I've tapped into it that I've been reborn and I just pray I never let go. And I stay working it with you all a day at a time because that's all we have. And many, many times each day, thy will be done. It's not about Ginger's show. Let go of the wheel, Ginger. Let God steer. Because where we go and what happens is unbelievable. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Ginger C. Kathy Jopi, you're up next, followed by Kristen R. Good morning. This is Kathy Jopi, a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis, and I am extremely grateful that my mute and unmute is work- working today. I came into program in the early 80s, and I remember praying, God, please help me be nice. God, please help me be nice. And then I would go visit my family for the holidays, and I literally felt like the exorcist took over, and I was a demon. I I felt like I, I wanted to say, you guys, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to act that way or be that way or say that way, and I could not stop. I was more than a tornado. I don't even know what to call it, but it was like craziness, pure, abusive, craziness. And then somehow I got into, and I am going to label it this way for me, but an angry feminist stage where I thought it was okay to be horrible and angry and 
you know, all of that militant. And um, I have other words, but I'm not going to use them today because God asked me to quit swearing recently, and I'm working on that. So that's great. Anyway, I postured myself in a righteous way of being mad and angry. And then I came back to the realms, and I heard things like, only to the extent that you can be wrong can you be free. And I thought, are you kidding me? And I absolutely am in total humility and gratitude in knowing that every single day what I'm looking for, more than losing weight, more than putting down the food and being at peace with food, which I have both of those today. Thank you, God. But what I want is to walk hand in hand with my higher power on one side and you all on the others, other side so that I can live in love and peace, harmony a day at a time. And do I stumble? Absolutely. But every single day I work on cleaning it up and being at peace with my fellows. And this is a program of action. It's not just going to happen magically, but by me sitting there passively and saying, God, please help me be nice. I get called every single day to do things differently. And I love talking about this, but God has me doing dishes and cleaning toilets. I recently cleaned a toilet in the outhouse because I knew it would get me in a humble position. And that's where I want to be with my maker so that I can have the power that is available to me to surrender and have this gift of this abstinence in this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathy Jopi. Kristen R., followed by Wendy M. Good morning. This is Kristen R., I'm a compulsive overeater in Virginia. Thank you to everybody for their service. Can I be heard? Yes, you can very well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, The sentence I want to focus on this morning, and I apologize for the traffic noise in the background, nothing I can do about it. Um, Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. So um, I have spent a lot of time in program trying to work the steps on my own power. I have been trying over and over again to make myself my higher power because I always have been my higher power. Um, you know, I, was, I trust myself. I trust my, who I am. I trust my decisions. But the truth is that deep inside, all of this, all of this emotional buildup I was feeling was coming from this deep insecurity I had because I was tethered to nothing. I was tethered to, to no one. And now only recently have I started living on a God centered basis where I'm tethered to God. And it's a beautiful thing because this tether is not, it's not something around my neck that's choking me to death. It's like a beautiful energy that just extends between me and my higher power, but I have to reach for my higher power in order to get it. And that's where I have to do the footwork. I have to wake up every morning and I have to do the steps. I have to get into service because I am so self-centered. I am so self-absorbed that I will not see it myself. I, you can't, you can't see, if you ever think about it, you can't see yourself. You can't see your own face. You need a mirror to see your own face. Well, the mirror I need is program. The mirror I need is my higher power talking to me and telling me that, hey, you might not have the most successful career in the world because I'm trying to teach you humility. You know, all along I thought, well, God wants me to be really successful and recognized and you know, people that really give me accolades and tell me how fantastic I am. And all of a sudden it hit me, no, no. God wants me to know humility because then I can be of real service, real service, not service that feeds my ego, not service about look how great I am. But I can't see that. 
I need program and I need my higher power to hold up that mirror and show me and show it to me because I can't see my own face. I can't. I want to. I try to. I make myself my higher power. And when I do, then I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. And that's how I know I'm in self-will. And I was really grateful a few weeks ago on the special edition. I heard um, a speaker talk about how he would relentlessly listen to people. And that's what I'm trying to do now, just shut up and relentlessly listen. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Kristen R. Wendy M., you're up next, followed by Sandy S. Uh, Yes, good morning. Wendy M., recovered in Boulder, Colorado. So grateful to God for the gift of entire abstinence this morning and for all of you on the line. I love this book. I love you guys. This just works. I'm on the line because it works. I came in on a losing streak, and this happens to work. It's an unbelievable miracle. So the first thing I want to just focus on is troubles of our own are of our own making. Thank God for that, right? Because if it's of my own making, I have the ability with God's help, right, to take care of business. And because I can look at my part, that frees me up every time. If my peace of mind, if my serenity and sanity were based on somebody else, right, that wouldn't work at all. That wouldn't work at all, right? Because it has to be of our own making, you know, and I set the ball rolling and I'm like, what are they talking about? You know, my son was yelling at me. My husband was doing this. You guys were doing that. You know, I'm a blame machine, right? Blaming was the only tool I knew. And, um, and today it says here of our own making, right? So that means that I can undo it, right? It says common becomes uncommon, right? My thinking has radically changed. Because now I know when I'm uncomfortable and something's going on with me and another person or just me and myself, I set the ball rolling. What did I do? I did something to get it going. And the miracle today is that when there's a conflict, when there's an icky, right, when there's a uh, feeling, I can clean it up so quickly because I practice this program constantly, right? So when I have that, when I'm controlling, blaming, lying, judging, it feels awful God makes it so. God makes it that I feel horrible when I'm in my stuff, right? And God wants me to clean it up very, very quickly. And now today I do. And it is so freeing. I can't even tell you because I was in the bondage of self. I was stuck. There was no way out, right? I didn't know how to get out of myself. Oh, my God, I couldn't, right? Um, And today I don't have to blame people. I see my part instantly. God makes that possible. It says we must be rid of selfishness. We must or it kills us. What a beautiful machine. What an amazing like set of circumstances that when I'm in it, God makes it possible that that will kill me, right? Not just the food, my behavior, the way I treat you. It's going to kill me. Thank God it's so uncomfortable today that all I want to do is immediately clean it up and own my part. And I can't tell you the freedom, the serenity, the peace I get when I am in it and then I'm quickly out of it because I owned me, nothing to do with them. I set the ball rolling with my teenager. I set the ball rolling with one of you. I did. I do. And it is incredible because I can't figure this out, right? I'm crazy. Um, Self can't heal self. But when I'm willing to go, what's my part? I'm with God. God and I are just dancing together, and God is freeing me up. If I'm willing to look at my part, know it's mine. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Wendy M. Sandy S., you're up next, followed by Sherry KB. Sandy S., star one to unmute, please. Sandy, are you there? Hey, Sherry, why don't we go ahead with you, and we'll check back to see if Sandy S. is available afterwards. Is that all right? Sherry KB? Thank you so much. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, Very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line, and 
welcome newcomers and um, my troubles were of my own making um, they still are at times when I take my will back um, and when it says that it rises out of myself because I'm an extreme example of self-will run riot and that means running the sherry show and also what I've come to learn by working the steps is that my self-will is the voice of my disease. You know, we, t- we learned in the doctor's opinion that we have a twofold illness. Well, here um, it's talking about, you know, the mental obsession, um, how I think, the mental twist. Um, not only had I done that with the food, but I did it with my emotions. And that's what we're talking about here um, for me. Um, and it's telling me as a compulsive overeater, I must be rid of my selfishness because if I don't, it will kill me. And only God makes that possible. And see, my self-will told me I could do it. I didn't need job, God's, you know, I, I was always trying to do God's job instead of God's work. And so, you know, I would try to run the Sherry Show. And um, I heard earlier on the meeting about awareness, acceptance, and action. Somebody had said that. But what I want to add to that is that when I become aware and I accept, I accept God's help, I act on things. When I am in awareness and I don't accept God's help, all I'm doing is reacting, whether it's reacting being face down in the food or it's reacting in my emotions. But that's the difference for me today. It's like, you know, I totally am getting how important it is that I have to get rid of myself, but I only can do it with my higher power's help. I cannot do this alone. I cannot remove my character defects um, no matter how much I try. And it says we had to have God's help. And so that's what I know because I have never been abstinent happily and contently because that's God's job. Um, I've white-knuckled it, but, you know, and I've been abstinent, but I wasn't absent happily and contently. Um, that's the difference today. Um, and just that, you know, when I'm having a bad day, all of a sudden I'll pause and go, oh, when was the last time I checked in with my higher power? Um, pause for me is an acronym for pray and use step 11 um, or pray and use spiritual energy because if I'm continuing to run the sherry show things always get worse and worse and worse just like the food did and so if I'm having a bad day I usually try to find out what what am I trying to do to run the sherry show again and then I ask God for help and the day gets better and better and that this is real stuff that happens it's not just something that's written in this book or, you know, theorized or, you know, pixie dust, but this stuff really works. And if you want to get into it and work the steps, it'll happen for you too. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Sherry KB. Cindy S., would you like to share? Okay. Sandy may not be available to share right now. So um, we are commenting on the second paragraph on page 62 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, How It Works. We're just commenting on that one paragraph, and who would like to share? Patty T. Patty T. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Marilyn T. Marilyn T. Lisa J.R. Lisa J.R. And one more. Okay. Let's go with Patty T., Kathleen O., Marilyn T., and Lisa J.R. Patty T., please go ahead, followed by Kathleen O. Hi. Good morning, everybody. I'm Patty T. from Southern California. Um, I just have loved the shares and learned so much from all of you this morning. Um, you know, in this paragraph it says, uh, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness but much by wishing or trying on our own power. And over the recent weeks, um, since I've been coming back to this meeting and received the clarity and, and again reached out my hand to my higher power, I see how myself, you know, my own wishing or trying on my own power to to get rid of self-centeredness has simply been a version of people-pleasing. You know, I try to people-please because I think that makes me look less self-centered. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I guess we're all very complicated. But this, 
this stuff is so simple. It's so simple. And I, I'm not really sure how it works. It just does. And I can't, you know, when it says here that our, our problems, our troubles are basically of our own making, wow, that, that really speaks to me today. You know, I really get that today. I may have had to have repetitive relapses over the last six years and hit a really true bottom. But coming back to these meetings and hearing all of you and reading this big book over and over and over again, I'm really getting it. I'm starting to get it for the very first time. And I appreciate you all so much. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Patty T. Kathleen O, you're up next, followed by Marilyn T. Good morning, Elaine. Thank you for your service this morning. This is Kathleen O, recovered compulsive reader in Northern California. So our troubles, we think, are basically our own making. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our problems. Self-will run, run riot. It's like I've met the enemy, and the enemy is me. And how do I know that? I know that because... Since working these steps and relying on infinite God rather than my finite self, it's like I was trying to be the conductor of an orchestra where everyone already knew how to play the instruments and I was trying to conduct, I was like, put everyone out there that I know in that orchestra and if I could only manage well, if I could manage those people well, I'd be happy. And even when I did manage well, I still wasn't happy and I still ate. And when I finally sat back and let the conductor orchestrate the orchestra, things got so much better. Life became more enjoyable. I wasn't fighting the food anymore, not fighting people um, or anything. It's like if I just go with the flow, um, and that's how I know this works, and that's how I know what I was doing before was making me miserable. And, you know, this delusion that I'd be happy if, if I could just manage everything, um, it, just, it just wasn't working. And so, you know, this is about getting well and staying well. And God gives direction and strength for me to take my inventory every day. Um, God gives me the courage to change the act, my actions. And God gives me strength. And it's truly, truly amazing. You know, um, when I didn't fit in or I didn't feel good, when I was restless, irritable, discontent, my mind would remember that ease and comfort. And I would go back to the food because that's all I knew. And now it's about having a power who has actually removed this obsession. And and, you know, it's about making a decision. You know, we gather the facts. Um, you know, one, I'm powerless. Two, there is a power greater than me. And three, I make a decision. I'm going to turn my will and my life over. And it, it's truly a miracle. It's like I am so happy I tried this because I didn't really have a lot of confidence, but I was, I was out of tricks in my bag. And um, this is truly amazing. And I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kathleen O. Marilyn T., you're up next, followed by Lisa J.R. Hi, this is Marilyn T. from Northern California. A grateful, grateful recovering compulsive over here. What, what's really got my attention in the paragraph we're reading is that many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. It's interesting how my brain latches on to things to not do what God is trying to tell me to do. I, um, when my self-will gets into gear, I am like a dog with a bone and I just, self-will runs rampant. Um, in trying to finish my fourth step and trying to uh, kind of do all that was um, required of me was something with a computer and a given it's an old computer but somehow my self-will was going to get it all done and it's literally been going on now for three days I to the point of tears 
And here it is, I'm thinking, I just morally and philosophically have to do what was required of me. But, you know, handwritten word would work much better, which it is. And I must surrender my will, accept God's will. And the headache from crying and everything, interestingly enough, is all relieved when I got on the phone with you guys. And I read this paragraph, and it was like, will you please let me help you, God said. And I, you know, I've got to thank God. I have to realize that all of you helped me to see when I am run riot, reel me back in like a kite, roll me back together, and say, just calm down and do what we're doing right now. Just read the big book. You will get recovery if you can let go of that stubborn, egotistical, painful self-will. You will feel so much better if you let it go. Um, But we cannot unless we have God's help. That's the only way it will work. Thank you all so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you to Marilyn. Uh, Lisa J.R., you're up next. Hi, thank you, moderator, and thank you, everybody, for being on the line and your wonderful, uh, wise shares. Um, I really appreciate it this morning. Um, You know, since entering program, um, I've been blessed that God has become like an inner compass to me. And I I hear Leah M. talk about the GPS and... um, you know, I I love what it says here. The alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. And I recently got a, a real taste of my um, self-will and how I think that I know best and I think I can go in the right direction. Um, I was taking a class in how to use a compass uh, because I'm going to go into the back country this summer and I need to know how to use a compass. And, you know, I thought I had it down and I, you know, figured how to coordinate things. And the guy tested me. He said, okay, you know where you're going. Get a visual. He said, I want you to walk 50 yards um, where you think you're going to go. And, and then we're going to see if you're on course. And 50 yards wasn't very far. I had a good visual. But in going around rocks and in going around trees, I got 15 degrees off course uh, when I got down to the end of the 50 yards. And boy, is that myself going in the direction that I want to go in. Um, But I always have, um, you know, it said we have to have God's help. I always have God's help if I seek it, if I do this work, if I remain humble and Um, open and willing, I can get repositioned. That that compass is always going to head true north. That arrow is always going to be north. And I don't have to get lost. And when I do get off track, I can get right back on track. I can get right into doing the work um, because otherwise, um, you know, I will, I will die. This selfishness is going to kill me because it does nothing but get me into trouble. Um, I used to think not. I used to think, how am I causing the problem? Well, just my, um, even in fear, you know, fear caused me to act a different way that would in turn cause people, I would have like inward false bravado. I would try to appear, um, I didn't want to be stupid. I was afraid of looking stupid if I couldn't do something. So I would overcompensate by being self-assured, which then would set other people into feeling, uh, you know, that they had to uh, measure up in their way. So it was just a big collision of posturing. And now I can just be, I can just be me because I have God as my true north and um, this program. And with that, I'll thankfully pass. Thanks. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Lisa J.R. We have time for two more shares, commenting on um, the second paragraph on page 62. Who'd like to share? Liz D. Liz D. Reggie O. 
and Reggie O. Please go ahead, Liz D. Hi, this is Liz D in Arizona. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Great. Um, one thing that jumped out at me in this paragraph is how many times um, the word God or he referring to our higher power has been mentioned. And um, I love the earlier share where someone said that if I'm in fear, I'm not free. As um, being rec recovered today, I notice much quicker when I'm off and I'm in Liz's will and not God's will. Although, um, in a different program several years ago, I was given the gift of desperation. And, you know, in the second step, it says, restore me to sanity. And I remember from years ago when I was not ready, um, hearing some slogans when I was in my disease and I was in a relapse. And one of them was, you know, there's one thing I need to change about myself, and that's everything. And I refer that to the second step. Although, when I went through the first three steps and all the steps the first time several years ago, my, my God or my higher power, I was so frustrated when I would hear um, that word because I didn't have that. I was still broken and self-hate and character defects all over the place, and I didn't have that intangible higher power yet um, that I'm very grateful for today with the step work and the work of these programs and you know, I just knew that I was so broken and I had the gift of desperation. I didn't want to go back to my old behaviors and the things described in this paragraph. Therefore, um, I, I did take suggestions and, and people that I would listen to like Vision and the live meetings I went to, you know, that was my higher power until I went through the steps a second time and my head cleared out enough that I had both the tangible higher powers, you know, channels to my higher power, the faces in the meeting, my dogs, whatever it was, and the intangible higher power working in my life. But I had to do, like we say on this line, it's a program for people that need it and want it, but it's a program for people that do it. And I had to just keep moving forward. I had such a gift of desperation that I did not want to go backwards and I didn't want to revisit my insanity and everything, you know, there's one thing I need to change about myself and that's everything. So with that, thank you for letting me share. I'm very grateful for vision and I'll pass. Thank you, Liz D. Reggie O, you're up next. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Elaine, so much for your service and everybody this morning. This is Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area and uh, just returned from the Los Angeles area. I've been here a few times, a few few hours from in this, my dog. I don't know what she's saying about self-centeredness, but um, just got back from my family home where I haven't been in uh, southeast Georgia in like four years. And boy, what, what an amazing trip um that's been but you know to i'm a little distracted by little sugar dog here but um i uh listening this morning you know listening to you all this morning um i am just amazed i am so deeply grateful because what what i you know what i what i've heard from everybody who shared this morning is this experience you know i've heard experience of how you're moving through self-centeredness to god-centeredness and how that is becoming you know the guide in your life and i was thinking as i was reading this my my self-centeredness was such and i still have it you know but it was such that it was like a fish swimming in water i couldn't see it you know i i could not see the self-centeredness i was swimming in it i was living it you know that was that was my guiding light and i get you know for myself that fear is is the core the basis of that self-centeredness and so i you know and we had to have god's help right so that means somehow i have to have a break in this self-centeredness so that i can see outside this water that i'm swimming in that there is you know there's a light shining through there and that you know that of course is god but this program and working these steps and the commitment that, you know, everyone has here to doing that is so phenomenal that I get to see that light, you know. And I, I even this morning I was thinking about the gift of the, you know, the gift of the dis-ease of compulsive eating because that gets to the point that, you know, it causes a, it causes a break, you know, momentary cracks. We come here because, you know, or I come here because I had a, I had a crack in that, that water that I was swimming in and I got to see a light, you know, and, and when I see that light, you know, as you all are sharing and talking about this morning, then there's something, you know, it like I, I, I want more of it. I want more of it. But I have to stay in it. I have to start 
opening up and swimming in different water. And, um, you know, that can be scary, it can be scary, you know, it's uh, scary. It's like a fish on fish on dry land. Right. But it's this, it's the work too. You know, I had to have God's help, you know, and I've, I've asked, been asking this question a lot recently. Okay. What is my power? You know, this here is talking about the actor and the director. God's the director. I'm the actor. What is my place? You know, what is the place of an actor? I've been so afraid in my life to let go and loosen the reins because of a loss somehow of who, my, you know, myself, who am I? You know, what am I? What is my place here? And I think these steps are the guiding force and the guiding light. That's my experience of these steps. And, you know, step three made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power. That higher power uh, has to be, you know, a higher power that I'm willing to do that with. And, you you all in your sharing and your work are representatives of that higher power and sometimes that's where I get to hear it you know I get to hear it through you and then I get to develop it on my own and then it's this combination and uh, you know this beautiful community that I have access to every day so I, I come back from southeast Georgia to Los Angeles feeling deeply grateful for uh, for my experience there and for being able to see and and live begin to live in more and more the the land or whatever it is outside the water of self-centeredness that I've been swimming in. uh, Just I want to thank you all. Uh, And I'll pass. Thank you very much, Reggie O. And thank you everybody that has shared. We will now transition the reading the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer and a few other fun things. Um, Thank you. Uh, I will now ask Chrissy G to please read a vision for you. Star one to unmute, Chrissy. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you so much. Awesome. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. (laughs) 